rolling. guitar shred version and uh, couldn't find it but well I guess I, I did kind of I found a guitar version but uh, <laughs> didn't didn't quite find the shred version but I did find a bluegrass version of Walk Like an Egyptian the Bangles classic from the 1980s Oh yeah, Susanna Hoffs. Wait a minute, I got a bunch of tobacco from my cigar stuck under my tongue. Uh, yeah. Susanna Hoffs does not age. She's 60-ish and uh, looks 40. Uh and can still shred a guitar. The, the Bangles were a very talented, underestimated band. And uh, they, um, they had a lot of uh, good songs come out. Uh, pop songs. Uh, they're inspired by the Beatles. Uh, a lot of bands of the 70s and 80s were, of course. But uh, they... They were a good-looking quintet of women. Uh, you know, the bad thing is their drummer was was pretty badass, and um, on that song "Walk Like an Egyptian," their biggest hit, which was kind of meant to be a a funny song just thrown in on the back then they had big black records now the kids call them vinyls vinyls well anyways walk like an egyptian was just supposed to be a 
a funny filler song. And then, you know, because it was the 80s and it was happier times, maybe, uh, it became a big, big hit, their biggest hit. But uh, I like a lot of their songs. They had a good uh, Lovey Dovey song, Eternal Flame. Uh, they had the theme song to uh, uh, the movie Less Than Zero soundtrack, which is all about getting all doped up. But uh, they could rock, man. To go back and look at uh, them jamming on those guitars and rocking out there very musically underestimated so uh, the election Sega continues on and on and on let's uh, plug away at the social media this is panic attack with Big John heading on over to parlor with the rest of you guys it sounds like Last night, uh, people started posting their parlor handles, I think is what it's called. I don't know. Their parlor usernames, I, uh, whatever. Excuse me. On Facebook, and the parlor site jammed up. I had a hard time uh, sharing my podcast on there. But anyways, on Parlor, it's at the real Big John, all one word. Uh, still hanging on to Twitter though, till we see if Parlor really takes off. Uh, I think a lot of people wish Parlor was more Facebookish in its layout than it is Twitter, but uh, they'll get, we'll get used to it. Uh, on Twitter, I'm at the real underscore Big John. On Facebook, it's Big John's conservative op-ed page. Um, and I, I tried monetizing that page, but Facebook said I posted too many false facts. Uh, so, I don't know. Uh, there are other Facebook pages I have that I could monetize. In fact, all my Facebook pages, I have like four total. Not including my personal page. But anyways. So there are two statistical anomalies that swung Pennsylvania towards Biden. And we're not talking about the hundreds of thousands of ballots that were seen being brought in under the cover of darkness. We're not talking about the 1,600 or 1,400 deceased people who voted. Uh, one person that's 170 years old voted. Uh, that's pretty awesome. Good for them. That's that's a new world record. Uh, I don't know why Guinness Book and the news haven't picked up on... Uh, we have a, a new oldest living person on Earth, evidently. So... This uh, scientist, he's a statistician. He's known as the statistician to the stars. And his name is William Briggs. Briggs, William Briggs. B-R-I-G-G-S, Briggs. And he uh, noted a statistical law called Bedford's Law, or pardon me, Benford's Law, B-E-N-F-O-R-D apostrophe S, Law. And voting data in 2020, he's looked at. Uh, William Briggs' analysis, two anomalies in Pennsylvania reporting. One at 9 p.m. on election night, Trump lost 10,000 about 10,000 votes when ballots were subtracted from three counties. The next morning, Biden gained 27,000 votes in two consecutive reporting periods. So Briggs' information or implication 
according to Steven Crowder and Reg the Bandit, is that this implies that people were trying to cook the books. I have an article here that I'm going to read to you straight from uh, William Briggs' website. It's There'll be a link in the description, of course, but it is wmbriggs.com slash post slash three 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 seven seven slash. So the the post is how two statistical curiosities that allowed Biden to pull ahead in Pennsylvania. Please share. Update with ben, Benford's Law criticism. So, he puts here a brief note. I've been asked to examine the Pennsylvania votes. That work is ongoing update see below for serious critique of Benford's law I'm showing here with permissions with permission pardon me the one analysis I found most curious the official county level timed voting data shared at 2020 11 for 11 uh, I think 11 a day after the election to 2011-7-1129, which is Saturday night. Okay, so let me explain something here. He's using a different, uh, when it says 2020-11, he means November 4th, 2020. And when it says 2020 Eleven seven, that means November seventh, twenty twenty. They're the different people and scientists and smart people write dates differently than most people. The military uses a different type of date, and other countries use what different way of writing the date. But that's why the year is coming before the month and the day. Okay, it goes on to say, that is, these are all late counts. They start county by county where the vote left off on election night. This is a picture of the running totals by by the time the votes were added, summed across all counties during those time periods. They do not start at zero, but at the totals given after election night. So there's a chart here, and it shows the vote totals, like on election night where Trump was up, you know, like 300,000 and some votes. I think he had like 3 million votes here where his line on the graph starts, and then uh, Biden was like, below 2 million where his line on the graph starts and then Biden takes this rapid jump upward then it steadily goes upward then it gradually and then it levels off and he's above Trump but you can look at that when you click the link in the description the early gains for Biden are from mainly Philadelphia, Allegheny, Montgomery, Chester and Berks counties. The simple plot, click here to see it's large, shows the size of vote additions for both candidates when new totals greater than zero were added by county, and not all counties added votes after election day. All goes well for Trump 2020 11 4 21 15. That's 21 15. That would be military time 9 15 p.m. 
when he loses just under 10,000 votes, but curiously from three different counties simultaneously. Allegheny, 1,063. Bucks, 2,972. And Chester County, 7,135. Biden, however, never lost any votes, at least in this late voting. Understand that it does not mean the decreases happened at this time, but that they were recorded in official data as happening at that time. The same is true for the next op for the for our next observation. Biden's next controversy is the big increase of twenty seven thousand three hundred ninety six votes on 11-6-2020 at 8.53 a.m. Over one consecutive reporting period, this bump is just like the blue-red F memes you've seen. He's talking about the graph up above this. This, is, this only seems more spread out because of the finer time scale used. The two curiosities account for 30, a 37,000 vote swing for Biden. Biden's totals as of the end of this data was 3,344,528. Trump's 3,310,326. Biden, therefore, quote, won in this data set anyway by 34,200 votes. Biden could not have pulled ahead without the curiosities noted above. There is one more to come. Stick around. Update. Benford's law is only useful in uncovering multiple and ongoing instances of cheating as in somebody consistently cooking financial books. As I showed above, assuming the curiosities are cheats, it only took two instances to tip the balance. Bedford's Law will never pick this up. Never. I'm skeptical of what I'm seeing in other analysis, analyses. Because if somebody turns something up with Bedford's with Bedford, it implies that many, many vote totals were tampered with, which increases the possibilities of getting caught. You don't need to tamper with many, only a few. So you see here where the tree that Rudy Giuliani and company are barking up. How They've been saying all along, alleged fraud only had to take place in a couple of areas in order for Biden's crew to tip the scales in their favor. Now, this does not include the hundreds of thousands of ballots that uh, came in and were not checked by proper means, which is a Republican and a Democrat and an election official, where the election official puts the ballot on the table, the Republican, Democrat look at the outer envelope, the election official rips open said envelope, pulls out the ballot envelope with the uh, voter's identification, the voter's name, and signature. And then, if the Republican and Democrat agree that's on the up and up, then they open the ballot, and the ballot gets placed in the count pile. That did not happen in Philly. Possibly, 
possibly did not happen in Pittsburgh either. Uh, so th this is where Rudy Giuliani and, and these guys are kind of proven statistically correct that it didn't take much to swing the election. Then you've got all these other things, you know, deceased people voting. Uh, there, you know, was one instance I heard where uh, a person died not long before the election. I don't know which state it was in. So I'm inundating myself with too much information right now, but hey, somebody has to put it out there because televised meteor ain't. Um, a man died, his wife knew how he wanted to vote. His absentee ballot was sitting there at the house. She filled it out, signed it for him. And on its way it went. Uh, that's illegal. I don't think we should lock the little old lady up and throw away the key. I'm just saying that vote should not count. So again, 1,600 dead people voting. A 34,000 vote swing, 34,000 vote margin of victory for Biden, all those deceased people that voted, huge. Uh, the, you know, but, <laughs> the votes that came in, you know, after the counting supposedly stopped and no more ballots were supposed to be taken. The votes that came in after 8 p.m. Uh, on election night, which Judge Supreme Court Justice Alito said should not be counted and should be placed aside in a separate pile if they are counted. All these things add up and quickly that 34,000 vote uh, swing is gone. Now, uh, I heard somewhere, and it was in a meme, I haven't had time to research it because I work for a living uh, when I'm not spreading the truth on social media, but the thing, thing thizang of it is that it's not going to take much to swing this vote back to Trump. You have an automatic recount in Wisconsin, but you also need an audit of the election in Wisconsin to compare how many deceased people voted, uh, how many you know ballots that were uh, mail-in absentee came in after the deadline and things like that. Also, Georgia is going to be recounted. Uh, and it needs to be, you know, these need to be hand recounts, eyeballs on the ballot with Republicans and Democrats, you know, one R, one D looking at the ballot. Uh, then, you know, you have lawsuits in Michigan where things similar to this happened. You also have Dimension Software. Uh, that's the name of a so uh, election software company. A, a glitch, supposedly, because uh, a vote uh, election official didn't upload the software update or something like that. A little strange, but anyways, uh, there was a 6,000 vote swing in this one particular county from... Biden being up 6,000 to Trump being up 6,000 because the software was giving Republican votes to Democrats. It also swung a congressional election. The Republican congressman conceded and then the election workers called him and said, hey, uh, you won. He's like, what? <laughs> so, uh, fun times in the city. So, Get back here momentarily. We take a, a quickie break for me to reset my self and get a sip of water. I'll be back with another segment momentarily here. And that wasn't what I wanted to hear or play for you guys, but whatever 
Okay, we're gonna do one more. All right. Yeah. All right. Enough with me trying to play music in between things here. Um. Get getting it on here. So the Joe Biden transitional team, the tr Joe's tranny team, is trying to get into pow power powder power powered trying to get in there for further time they're considering legal action um against the trump team to force <laughs> which is kind of a hold on stop it which is kind of force and peaceful transition. Force and peaceful kind of don't really go together. But, um, so I caught this article caught my eye earlier today, and I, I didn't have time to look at it because I was working. But, um, Get my stogie going again. So, because Trump is refusing to admit defeat and bow down to Biden and so on and so forth. Now the Biden transition team is trying to uh, seek legal action or considering seeking legal action. Now, they cannot enact or change any policy until after January 20th, no matter what. Okay? January 20th is when the peaceful transition of power takes place. Furthermore... You still have the states that have to certify the votes. Has not happened yet. You still have the Electoral College that has to vote. Has not happened yet. And these lawsuits are going to put a freeze on everything. Okay? So, in Biden and them are just trying to push their way in there now. His transition team, they want to, you know, shove their way into the White House before uh, anything can happen. They want to have a foothold and try to, they're trying to seize power. They're not trying to make sure there's a peaceful transition. They're trying to seize power. Uh, another thing I wrote here in my notes Nothing can stop Joe Biden from, you know, choosing cabinet members right now. He can have all the meetings at the Democrat National Headquarters that he would like to have, uh, or wherever he wants to headquarter himself, uh, before he goes into the White House. But he cannot go into the White House like gangbusters and say, okay, me and my cabinet, my advisors are going to start making up policy and, you know, we can't enact it till January 20th, but we're going to start, you know, acting like we run the, the dog and pony show. So here's an article by CBS News about... Team Biden considering legal options... If Trump administration keeps stalling the transition. Well, there's no transition yet because nothing's been settled yet. But anyways. That pop-up ad off my thing. Uh, Biden is calling Trump's refusal... To concede an enemy, an embarrassment. I don't really care what Joe Biden thinks. 
Biden-Harrison transition team is considering pursuing legal action if the head of the federal agency overseeing the mechanics of the transfer of power doesn't move in the coming days to free up funding and access to agencies. Uh, you know, this is one of the closest elections we've had in a long time. So I'm sure in previous years where it was a lot more cut and dry that maybe this transition team was able to have access and things. But right now, they need to be kept out, of the, out, out until the Electoral College votes at least, which will be like December 14th or somewhere in that area. Uh, mainly because, look, Joe Biden and his son Hunter have some major fuck-ups on their hands. That laptop from hell is at the FBI and contains a lot of damning information and that information has been backed up by a former uh, business associate of theirs uh, who's given his cell phones and text messages over to the FBI also. Uh, so the article goes on to quote, we believe that the time has come for the GSA administrator to promptly uh, ascertain Joe Biden and Kamala Harris as president-elect and vice president-elect, an unidentified Biden-Harris transition. Of, it's always an unidentified source with these liberal media outlets. An unidentified Biden-Harris transition official said Monday night, on a telephone briefing with reporters. How are you on a telephone briefing with reporters if you are unidentified? Just, this election just keeps getting stranger and stranger. And I can't believe I have friends that are like elated that Donald Trump lost. I mean, uh, you know, I know they're liberal Democrats and they believe in, you know, no Second Amendment. They, they think all these women's rights things and thinks us Republicans are trying to, you know, have a war on women. You had about 12 Republican women get elected. Trump called it the year of the Republican woman. 12 Republican women got elected to Congress. Nancy Pelosi probably pooped a brick in her di adult diaper over that. Anyways, back to the article. When asked if the transition team would possibly consider legal action to hasten the mechanics of the transition, the official replied, there are a number of options on the table. Legal action is certainly pos a possibility, but there are other options we are considering. Well, we know they ain't going to go in there with guns because they're anti-gun, right? Maybe Joe Biden's going to shoot Trump in the leg like he wants cops to shoot robbers in the leg and then have a psychiatrist come in and ask them about their feelings? I don't know. CBS News and several other news outlets. <laughs> yeah, CBS News. I'm more news than CBS. Uh, CBS and other news outlets were not invited to participate in the call, but a separate transition official confirmed the quotes. The General Services Administration, GSA, is responsible for overseeing a presidential transition, including access to Washington office space for the victorious candidate, as well as easy access to all federal agencies so that review teams hired by the winning candidate can begin visiting agencies to meet with career officials and determine what potential policy changes needed need to be made. The Biden-Harris Transition Office has been operational since late summer in accordance with federal laws dictating how smoothly and peacefully transmission of power should occur. So they've had a transition office going since late summer. I mean, they were up in the polls, if you believe those phony polls, but nonetheless, that's uh, insane. 
Uh, and they shouldn't. They're, Hunter Biden and Joe Biden are in such deep shit uh, over this laptop from hell of Hunter Biden's that it, they shouldn't have access. Sorry, they just shouldn't. Um, and really, this transition should not start taking place till after the Electoral College has voted in such a, a tight uh, race. Uh, I've heard now they've uncalled Georgia, PA, and Arizona. Well, that there could put Trump over the top. And furthermore, I think that you know Biden and his team are just trying to get in there and get at these records so they can... Uh, you know, have a have a handle on what uh, what trouble he might be in for all of his backroom deals and selling his access, uh, you know, to uh, foreign countries, selling his power as vice president to foreign countries through his son Hyde Hunter. Pardon me, I almost kind of hiding. Start Joe Biden's like rubbing off on me. I'm starting to like mesh my words like he does, uh, <laughs> man. But some, somebody's got to keep you guys in, in inform informated, informed on this stuff because the media is not covering a lot of things. They didn't cover the laptop from hell, or Joe Biden would have lost. Uh, I'll admit, and I critique Donald Trump heavily for this. He shot himself in the foot the first debate. After the third debate, people started to wake up and go, whoa, ho, this is, this Biden guy is senile. He has no idea, no ideas, no plans, nothing. Everything I hear about in his brilliant plan to end the coronavirus in America are things Trump has already done. The only two things he wants to do, or the only thing he, he wants to do that Trump did not do, is he wants to do a national mask mandate. Screw you. I am not. I will stop wearing my mask and dare them to take me to jail. And I'm, I'm an advocate for wearing masks. I upset my conservative friends all the time on Facebook harping on put on your freaking mask you know but I'm not doing it if it's a, a, the federal government demands it of me uh uh you'll pry it out of my cold dead hand like Charlton Heston and his guns Th that's just wrong just wrong uh, but that's the thing, you know, Trump shut the nation down. He then left it up to the states to start reopening, which is how it should be. If we're a, a, a republic, a federalist republic, and we divide power at the top of the, the government, and then we divide again at the state level. So these openings and closings should be up to the state, because not every state's seeing the same influx and increase in virus uh, outbreaks, cases. Now, we knew that there was going to be a spike again in the fall. We, we knew that. And don't believe the media. Almost every country in the world that's comparable to the United States is experiencing the same spike. Okay, Australia is not, but Australia is an island unto itself. And it was a lot easier because they're a lot smaller than the United States in people. Uh, easier for them to lock down. It was hard on people, don't get me wrong. It was hard on the people of Australia. I talked to a man from Australia the other night about this. And so I have first-hand knowledge from him. But he you know, said you know, it was easier for them to lock down and stop the spread 
than the United States because Australia is a much smaller country. Uh, mind you, Australia is a country and a continent, but a lot of the land there is uninhabitable. So, you know, it's not like the United States where there's just, you know, coast to coast people everywhere. And we do have a lot of uninhabited land in our country too, but it could be habitated. Um, but anyway, it, it's just easier for smaller countries like, you know, Sweden did little to lock down. I don't think they did any locking down really. Uh, you know, they didn't have any national mask mandates. They had um, social distancing, uh, you know, Bars were limited in capacity, but they weren't closed down. Schools didn't close down, uh, and they were pretty successful, and they built herd immunity very quickly. Now, the United States has a vaccine that's going to be uh, ready to come out, Pfizer says, very quickly. There's some controversy. I heard that they were not a part of Operation Warp Speed, and then I heard that technically they were. Uh, the vice president tweeted something and it got censored. Well, as soon as you fact-checked Twitter's censor on the vice president's tweet, you find out Pfizer did have something to do with Operation Warp Speed. Just, I don't think it was as much Operation Warp Speed that made them successful as uh, their own ingenuity, but the cut-through and the slash of bureaucratic red tape at the FDA and uh, other government agencies in the United States helped Pfizer a lot. But anyways, that's a, a whole different saga. Um, the, the Biden transition team, because of the, the hot water that Biden is in with the election, with the laptop from hell, and selling his influence to other nations and other foreign corporations uh, is good reason to not allow him access to all these sensitive government uh, agencies and things of that nature. So I'm going to take a quick break here, reset, and give you guys another... Uh, article hmm. so get back here at ya it's just a Marco Rubio Marco Rubio had something to say about uh, President Trump. The fact that 70% of Republicans don't believe the 2020 election was free and fair, that should be of concern to everyone. That's why both sides should support allowing the post-election process provided for in our laws to work, to move forward. Our election laws call for recounts in close elections. They provide candidates the right to contest votes cast in violation of the law. Now, for those in the media who are angry that Republicans won't just take their word for it that Biden won, I think you need some self-awareness. You spent four years claiming the Russians hacked the last election. You supported Democrats when they went to court to overturn the governor's race in Georgia in 2018, and you say nothing when, to this day, they claim that they won that race. Look what they did in Florida, Ohio. Let's see, two-time... So... There you have Marco Rubio, not, not Donald Trump's BFF, not exactly Trump's BFF, but he's come around to Trump after uh, Trump got elected, and um, just simply put it, Putin, Putin, simply Putin it. Now this ain't going to do what I want it to do. Okay. 
simply putting it, Rubio and Trump are not exactly buddies. Remember in the 2016 primaries, he was little Marco to Donald Trump. Um, but the thing of it is, he's supporting the president. He's seen that the president's policies are effective, and that's that. Again, I can't understand why people don't like Donald Trump and are so adamant. that I know he's got his faults. I know he's, you know, cheated on his wives. He's left one wife for the next one. You know, okay, he's not perfect. I never claimed he was. I claim he runs the country better than anyone I've seen in my lifetime, though. So... You know, the, those are vastly different things. But the media, uh, until I saw this article by uh, Ye New York Times, had basically been playing a narrative that Republicans are staying away from Trump, and some I'd even heard say that they weren't backing him. Now, some of that was conservative media on YouTube and social media, but... This article from New York Times, Republicans back Trump's refusal to concede, declining to recognize Biden. Now, if all this court stuff plays out and uh, Biden wins the vote and the Electoral College and blah, 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 then, yeah, Republicans are going to say, okay, we have no choice. It's over. But they're not just conceding because the media says to concede. Uh, Senator Mitch McConnell, the majority leader in the Senate, has slammed Democrats for expecting the president to quickly concede. Now, mind you, Biden said he wouldn't concede election night. Hillary told him not to concede. So, again... They harassed Trump for four years going now. Three years of the lie of Russian collusion, which we know now was all a scam dreamed up and implemented by Hillary Clinton and John McCain to try and swing the election for Hillary. And then if that didn't work, their backup plan from the deep state, the establishment, was to use Russiagate and Ukraine gate to get Trump out of the White House, and it didn't work. Uh, McConnell says that Trump had every right to pursue legal challenges. Leading Republicans rallied on Monday around President Trump's refusal to concede the election, declining to challenge the false narrative it was stolen from him or to recognize President-elect Joseph R. Biden Jr.'s victory, even as party divisions burst, burst into public view. McConnell, top Republican in Congress, threw support behind Trump in a sharply worded speech on the Senate floor. He declared Mr. Trump as 100% within his rights to turn to the legal system to challenge the outcome and hammered Democrats for expecting the president to concede. Now remember, Joe Biden was told by other Democrats, don't concede no matter what, don't concede. Gee, you think they might have had something up their sleeve? Think they might have had a trickery or two? A statistical anomaly or three? I don't know. The uh, two Republican senators that are in runoff elections in Georgia um, David Perdue and Kelly Loeffler both are in uh, runoffs this, I think it's this month to see uh if they can hold their Senate seats. And this is important. And Republicans in Georgia need to get that vote out real quick and real strong 
to keep uh, the Republican lead in Georgia, or in the Senate, pardon me. Uh, we don't want a 50-50 Senate because then Kamala Harris breaks every tie uh, for the Democrats. Ted Cruz is also fighting for Trump. Again, somebody that him and Trump fought each other hard in the primaries. Uh, he was lying Ted, according to Donald Trump. And for the longest time, some of these guys like Rubio and Cruz... We're like, we're going to do everything to make sure Donald Trump is not the Republican nominee. And finally, you know, it, it just came to that point where he was going to be the nominee, like it or not. And there was, you know, all sorts of theoreticals about what could happen in uh, the Republican convention. You know, could they, you know, screw Donald Trump at the last minute? Uh, Reince, creepy Reince Priebus. Uh, he got up there and, you know, welcome Trump to the party. This is our candidate. We're going to stand behind him, blah, blah, blah. And Republican National Committee is doing that again with Donald Trump. Don't be fooled. They're paying for this legal battle. They're taking donations for the legal fight to uh, win back the election. You know, we went to bed election night. Trump was up. By ridiculous numbers in some of these states and quickly these numbers started to dwindle uh, through hook or by crook one or the other so but Ted Cruz is behind Trump uh, again not not a real ally of Trump Megan Kelly the former Fox News anchor uh, who didn't find any success outside of Fox News is behind Trump and his right to file these lawsuits and things of that nature. In fact, she was uh, she was kind of a linchpin in the whole idea that Fox News was no longer the Republican News Network when she grilled Trump that first debate on uh, how he calls you know women pigs and makes fun of women on Twitter. And Trump responded gangster style. No, I only say that about Rosie O'Donnell. <laughs> so, uh, but the Republican Party is behind Trump. Trumpism, as it is being called, uh, and crooks like the Lincoln Project are trying to spin that in a negative light. But Trumpism is the new Republican Party. He brought the brought us to the working class. The you know Reagan Republicans or sometimes called Reagan Democrats, working people <clears throat> across every demographic except white males, he had record high record high uh, vote totals or percentages of the vote with you know. Black men, black women, Asian, Hispanic men and women, uh, Native American uh, men and women. I think something like 50% of Native Americans voted for Trump. Uh, but anyways, you know, he made inroads into these communities where Republicans were never supposed to get more than 5% of the vote, which I think is totally ridiculous and ignorant, but... Uh, you know, as a party, we've got to reach out more. We've got to follow the Trump path, and we've got to back him through hell and high water to get a second term. Uh, recently, actually today, uh, Pompeo, the Secretary of State, had come out and said Trump is going to get a second term. I don't know what Pompeo knows that nobody else does, but for him to make that statement... That, that's big um, because, you know, maybe he knows something that we don't know. Maybe there's an ace in the hole that no one else sees. I, I don't know. But Trump needs a second term. There will be riots. There will be fighting in the streets and Katie bar the door. But we have to get Trump back in there. Or this republic is in trouble. 
uh, Republicans may have enough in the courts and in the Senate to block everything that Biden does for a year or two and then block Kamala Harris. But then who do you run as a Republican? Donald Trump would be too old to run for a second term, in my opinion. There's a four-year gap in between now and 2024, right? He's going to be four years older. I just don't want a 78-year-old, sorry, in the White House. Um, You know, a lot changes in four years. And, you know, we've seen it with Biden. He was away for four years. Uh, He was not the sharpest tool in the shed ever, but he came back uh, and just had so much cognitive decline. So we'll see what happens. Uh, I wish Trump all the best. He definitely does not look his age. He doesn't act his age, which is good and bad. Uh, Mostly 75 million votes bad. But how you can have record economic growth, you know, world peace, no new wars, no new involvement in wars, historic peace deals with North and South Korea, well, potential peace deals with North and South Korea, Um, peace deals with Israel and her allies, Serbia and Kosovo. He's the first president, to my knowledge, that had a team that went out and sought to make peace amongst enemies in the world. They went out and actively pursued making peace between Israel and Arab countries. They pursued peace between Serbia and Kosovo, between the Turks and the Kurds, between North and South Korea. Hillary wanted us at war with Russia right now. Obama and Biden uh, and Hillary wanted us at war with North Korea. How do we fight two big countries like that at the same time? Dude, you don't know what it's like. I don't know what it's like to fight, period, in a war. But where are we going to fight Russia, first of all? What's the battleground going to be? Are we going to tear up Europe just to, you know, make the military-industrial complex happy? Are we going to send our soldiers into another jungle to get ambushed and, you know, and slain uh, and hacked with machetes and shit? Like, I don't want to bring up Vietnam, but that's the first thing that comes to mind. And this is what uh, Obama and Hillary wanted. Come on. Come on. Chum on. Chum on. Anyways, that's it for now. Let's hope Trump pulls this out of his ass. Let's hope he has another magic rabbit stuffed up there somehow. Because, you know, Luke Tards just got chilled the F out. You are a complete moron if you believe everything you see and hear in the media about Trump. And let me, re- let me say that again without a cigar in my face. You're a complete idiot if you believe everything you see and hear in the media about Donald Trump. And if you despise the guy because he's obnoxious, The racist thing's not going to stick with me anymore. If you think he's a racist because that's just what you think, you're you're not playing with a full deck. All right, guys. Peace out. God bless you. Pray for one another. Thanks for sitting through another panic attack with Big John. She'll be coming around the mountain. She'll be coming around the mountain. What do we do here?